I'm just going to go ahead and admit how nervous I am right now because there's a difference of me coming up here when Joel's up here and I come in and I fly up and I fly back down because he's still responsible. Um, so now that we have, oh, 23 minutes, um, and it takes me literally 15 minutes just to read my pages, so we're going to see how well this goes. Yes, my, I was laughing about my shoes because I was at Sister Babies, and I was like, I need a new top. Oh, some new shoes would go well, and then Macy brings these out, and I'm like, girl, I need to practice walking in them. I don't know if I can commit, and so I literally brought another pair of shoes so I could switch into because I told her, I said, watch Facebook Live on second service. You might see me like flop, and so we'll see how well it goes. They're actually more comfortable than I thought they would be, so anyway, all right, now my nerves are a little bit better. Hopefully yours are too. So anyway, how about let's just go to Lord in prayer and that maybe will help my nerves too. So Heavenly Father, God, we praise you that you are wonderful and awesome and God, that we can enjoy your presence and who you are. So God, we just ask right now that your presence would just invade this place, Father God. God, that it would be your word spoken and not mine, but God, that you would reveal to those hearts that are here that we can just embrace you and just become one with you, Father God. So we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I got to stay between certain spots here too, so I had to find my dots. Okay, I think there they are. Okay, all right, so where we're going to start this morning is in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, and uh, this verse was very uh, just awesome when it popped out at me, and I loved reading it, and it coming alive in a, in a way that God had already allowed me to start preparing for this message over a month ago because we all need to be autocorrected in, in ways. And as we go into this and we dive into it, I want you to understand that, that God wants you to be the better you all the time and not just the person that you think that you should be at various times, at various spots in your life. And so uh, as we dive in, uh, we're just going to embrace it. We're going to go with it. If we get done, we get done. If we don't, it's all right. It's all God. All right. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You know, Jesus lived a life that we could follow. And in that, you know, Paul is even saying, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Christ led a life that was in love and that was in faith and that he already conquered that and where he was going with his, his life. And that pattern is what Paul was trying to get the people to understand, is that this is where you need to allow yourself to be patterned after. And one of the good things about a pattern is it just keeps going over and over and over and over and over again. It never stops, does it? I know every time I read, think about pattern, I think about that little geometric cartoon that's on Nickelodeon. Praise God, my kids don't listen to that anymore because I could see the little robot and people dancing around going, what's the next pattern? And so in that, you know, if we go through patterns in our life, there are things that we, we have to adjust to because sometimes the pattern doesn't always resemble the previous pattern that we went through or the previous or the trial that we went through. So because if we didn't go through a pattern that was over and over and over again, can you imagine us having to put the Ten Commandments on the wall and making it a checklist? So, okay, I held a gun today and I didn't kill anybody. Check, done, didn't kill anybody. Okay. Um, oh, you have a really pretty shirt on today. It's great that you have that. Oh, didn't covet. Check, done. 
You know, that's like one and done, right? No, if we only had to do things one time and be released from it, this Christian life would be pretty easy. But yet, we have to do it as a pattern. Every time we get into a place and a situation and a trial, we have to be able to understand that we have that faith, we possess that love, we can continue moving forward in that pattern that God has already set out for me. Jesus was human. He did and was able to put Satan down and say, "Mm -mm, not today, we're not doing that. You know, if he can do that in his flesh, Yes, he was God, but he wanted to eat. His tummy was hungry. His mind, he was battling. His feet hurt. His back hurt. Did he want to pray in the garden all night? Mm-mm. But yet, I know, I just sounded like mom when I did that, didn't I? I've already been told I sound like my mother. It's okay. I love you, mom. But, you know, when we go through our patterns and we're walking in our life and we are walking in our, our usual schedules and our routines, the things that come at us from day to day to day, we never realize that we are constantly fighting the same battle over and over and over. It's kind of like, uh, you know, expecting a different outcome with the same productivity that doesn't happen we have to allow ourselves to see that God was operating in love sometimes we have to realize we have to keep our mouth closed when we are allowing ourselves to gossip or talk about someone sometimes we just have to be able to say okay I give up God I'm gonna let you do this right now and right here because there's no other option for me to do this because I'm already needing to die to my flesh and I realize it so Our pattern is always and should be shifted as God's pattern, as Jesus' pattern, as he walked on this earth and who he was and who he became, because we can do that. Just because he was God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit all in one does not mean that it's unattainable. We are and can and will be the bride of Christ who is is perfect. He is, we are going to be perfect. We are going to be who that is, who he's called us to be. Wearing the white dress. If you don't think that you're worthy of a white dress, you're going to be wearing one. If you don't think you deserve to be in a tuxedo, you're going to be in one. It is going to be the, who you are called to be, who you are in, in Christ. It's the same thing as when we have in our phone. Now, a lot of times the phone can be great, and a lot of times the phone can be aggravating. And one of those aggravating things is autocorrect. Oh, so help me. I know there was one Sunday, Joel had texted, and he's like, can you bring me some gum? And it came out, gun. And i like, oh, he meant gum. I know that. And then he sent gun again, and then gun again. And then it was like, dadgum, autocorrect. And I was like, I understood, babe. You know? And so when you're doing autocorrect, you have to like type, it's like you type out the word and you hit send and the phone app automatically changed to something different. And I'd be like, did I really just do that? And I'd be like, okay, I'll type it again, make sure I spelled it right, hit send. Nope, it just changed it again, okay? All right, so I type the word and I look at the bar at the bottom and I'm like, okay, I want to select that word. Okay, I'm gonna use that word. And it goes through. Well, the same thing happens with the creator of that app. Why did they create autocorrect? To make it easier. 
The same reason why the app learns your keystrokes where your thumb or your fingers hit it. It learns you. The Creator meant it to make life easier, but sometimes our frustration level gets to where we lose our religion and then we have to fix it. So what happens when we are walking through our pattern? The phone has created its pattern. We walk our pattern, and then all of a sudden a wall comes up. And it's like, Jesus, you said this would be easy. Which in technicality, that's really not in the Bible, but we think that because that's our mind that thinks that just because we got Jesus in our life, all of a sudden, it's roses and peaches. But in, in that, it's that Jesus makes everything possible. So when we put our mind fixed on him and our heart appropriate with him, with the word of God, then it does become easy. It gets easier to call out things that are not what they should be. It gets us easier to be able to quote scripture when the enemy tries to attack. It makes it easier to sing praises when we are trying to get through the battle and make a breakthrough. Yeah. It's what makes things easier. And the best thing about uh, verse 14, it says, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Guard to protect. We have to, intentional, we have to be intentional with our actions. Intentional with our actions. Is it, do we really understand where we have to come from for us to, us to stand as in faith and absolutely stand our ground? Do we unintentionally do that? No. Because there's times when Satan's attacking and I'm like, nope, we are not dealing with that. Because I can feel when my emotions take control. I can feel when my heart races. I can feel when my mind starts to tell me things that does not dictate who I am. And then I realize we are not going that way because I am an overcomer. I am healed. I am who God says I am. I am a princess. You are a prince. It does not matter what else happens to me because I can and I will because it is not what is inside of me or my mind that dictates who I am but it is the spirit inside of me that dictates who I am but it takes our mind sometimes to understand that we have an intentionally purposefully understand what we have to grab onto that there's every time Joel goes on a trip because I'm not there and Poor Joel sometimes I think is more naive than I, I am at least. And so I, I'm always hugging him and I'm like, please be aware of your surroundings. <laughs> be aware. Because Joel just will go and just go preach the word. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to a part of the world that's not exactly all about you. And so not being that conceited. <laughs> bitch you're wearing off on me but that is not all about Jesus he's going into places that are not all about Jesus and so you know it's like uh, the, the past trip and uh, the past well actually the past two trips to Africa have been very challenging so honestly I'm kind of glad this one got called off <laughs> There was, there's Ebola in this country that he was going to go to, and I was like, oh, God, you're testing my faith. And so I was like, you know, um, 
God has provided in every facet, though, of what God has done in Joel's trips. And, but the good thing about it is that he has been intentional with his surroundings. He's known when he's had to be still and be quiet and, and allow the people that are around him to just continue on. He's known when he's needed to be uh, more alert with things that are going around him. And, and then, you know, God just provides ways when we don't completely always understand what, what exactly is going on. But, you know, we do have to remember that, uh, you know, if we strive to be like and follow what the pattern is, we should make us aware of the things that are out of place and not like God, so, and that are not like God and so much that we immediately call it out. You know, there's times when we are in the moment and in the place and that we know the pattern so eloquently. We know everything that is around us, but yet sometimes we fail to see the things around us that are out of place. But when we know that pattern, we'll begin to pick out those things and realize maybe that person needs some Jesus instead of being wrapped up in our schedule and wrapped up in who uh, where our stressful day looks like and, and what's going on in our life. You know, we have to be able to intentionally see things around us that need more of Jesus and need to pick out the things that don't always resemble Jesus. I, I find it funny that sometimes when we speak things, we have to understand that our tongue needs to be tamed more than it needs to be released. And our mind and our prayer life should be loosed far much more uh, over the heavenlies than than honestly what our mouth should resemble. And so I, I hope that in that you would see that God wants so much more for you. And if we intently and we are constantly looking at the things that are around us and guarding our heart with the things that God has already entrusted to us, we can continue on this path so much stronger and so much more eloquently that we can conquer most anything in trial that comes in our life. So if we are intently guarding the pattern that we are striving to maintain, we can start relying on the voice of God more and not let our, our flesh shrink back. You know, it's, it's all about God. It's all about Him. You know, in my very limited years of playing basketball, and I mean limited, um, I was the tallest in my grade. Yeah, I played post. Don't? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did. I was at Como Picton, so it wasn't like it was yeah. a lot of selection there. Yeah. So... Um, you know, all I was supposed to do was rebound the ball and try and shoot if the ball didn't go in. I mean, that really was only my intention to be able to play that position. And so, but the, only, the other position that was so much more important, yeah, box out. I saw Corey boxing out. And so, you know, the other, the most important position uh, on the court is the point guard. And when God revealed this to me, I was like, oh, that's so good. And when we are the point guard in our life, we control what's going on on the court. And I love what, I, I know, I'm going to have to read this, and I'm going to say Wikipedia, but um, I love how it fit exactly into where God was carving this out to go to. So the point guard has perhaps the most specialized role of any position. Point guards are expected to run the team's offense by controlling the ball and making sure it gets to the right players at the right time. Above all, the point guard must totally understand and accept the coach's game plan. Ooh. That makes you, everyone in this room, a point guard. The basketball may be your issue. It may be your blessing. 
It may be something that you are dealing with emotionally, but it is all about what you make of it. If you know the coach's game plan, and I'm not calling your life a game because it's never that and it never will be, but you know what? God is the coach, and we are trying to do the best that we can with what God has ordained us with and is moving us through. And if we can be so affluent with what comes out of his mouth that will come out of our mouth, we will automatically be able to move to the next position on the court. And it makes it so much easier to move through life when we know exactly what God's speech is and his dialect is and where he moves from place to place because we can immediately follow through with that. Better yet, when you possess a problem, you are so familiar with God's ways, you automatically know what to do. That's part of this autocorrect. You know exactly what to do. What happens when you kind of get out of, out of sync with God? You kind of get out of sync, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit goes, Yeah, no. Oh, I did know that. Let me give back. God, forgive me for doing that and getting out of sync with you because I automatically should have known exactly what I should have said, should have done, should have acted, should have proclaimed, but yet I had moved out of where God's protection was or God's word and his spirit was, so I had moved back into it. Automatically corrected where I had mistakenly gone. And that's where God wants you to bring you back constantly because this is a pattern. This is something that does go over and over and over again that you do recognize what God's calling you to be. You recognize it. And I can tell you what, if I'm up here on this stage with only six minutes to go and only on page two. So if I'm up here, my stomach was turning this morning, guys. But it only took one step getting on that stage to go, I'm ready. Use me. It's time. No looking back. I can't say, Joel, you do it. It's time. God's already given you a vision of who you are called to be and what you're supposed to be doing and how you're supposed to be activated. Take a step. Take a step and move in that direction because God's going to bless your socks off if you just continue to move forward in what he has called you to do. If it's to build a group life, do it. If it's to activate someone in a workplace, do it. If you're supposed to be praying for a family member to know Jesus, do it. What's the worst they're going to do? I don't want any of that. Well, I mean, what's the, what's the difference? It, it, it doesn't matter. God has already given you the tools to move forward through with, and you are already adequate. You know, one of the things that when we are moving through life, we realize that sometimes our mouth doesn't always dictate the correct things in our life. And I know that mom had actually used this verse on Thursday, and I'd already had it written down. I was like, she's stealing it. She's stealing it. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's Luke Chapter 6, verse 45. The good man brings good things out of the good treasure of his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil treasure of his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Sometimes we judge people by that verse rather than judging ourselves. I get so tired of hearing people go, well, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that. Well, look at you just high and mighty judging them I'm like, two-way street, two-way street. I'm not saying I'm perfect, and I'm not saying I got this figured out either. But I am telling you that sometimes 
if we realized what was coming out of our mouth, God wouldn't have to be going, hey, Sherry, I need you to stop, cool it for a second. Hey, autocorrect back to me. Think about what you're saying. You're calling death to that person. You're, you're wrecking them. You're agreeing with their uh, bantering. What if a recorder followed you for 24 hours and you got to listen to every word that came out of your mouth? Would the overflow be Jesus? Would it be Jesus? Just understanding what God has for you is so much deeper. So much deeper. You know, as we move on and we go on through this, God was like, you know what? We're not stopping at this verse. We're going to keep going a little bit further. And I want to go on into uh, 2 Timothy, just the following three verses that we j- after we, what we just read. 2 Timothy 1, 15 through 18. It says, You are aware of all those in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Bugalos and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. Hey, gr- Sherry 1, Greek 0. I've practiced that with Blue Letter Bible. Okay. How... Often he refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. You well know all the service he rendered in Ephesus. You know, somewhere with Fugalos and Hermogenes, uh, there's not really a clear definition of actually if these were proper named people or proper named groups of people. But nonetheless, these are people that turned away from Jesus. When Paul was reaching out to those that were in Asia. And they were turning away from him, turning away from Christ in a time when Nero was doing his lovely banter of torturing and and didn't want to have anything to do with Christians and killing them. And people were turning away. And they were losing sight of what the main reason of why they were a Christian in the first place. Do you ever feel like there's people in your life that do that? that feel like they run the race with you, and then all of a sudden it's like, ah, you got too religious for me. I don't think that's for me. I think I'm just going to kind of hang back and let you kind of do your own thing, and that's not for me. That's not for me. But that's not how we should be running our race. See, that's two people running in the same lane because your revelation cannot be their revelation. You cannot carry someone with you and drag them and force them to be that. Now, I don't know if you're the person that's dragging or if you're the person that's being drugged, but it's time to fix that. Because there is no reason on earth why you are that person because it's only Jesus that can do that. It is only Jesus that can provide the revelation for someone to change. And when that change is inerrant and that change is there, then, oh, it's immeasurable. All we can do is pray for them and get them to understand that the word of God is truth and honesty in that. So please understand that if you are in a race and in a lane with two of you in the same lane, you've got to get out. You've got to get out. Put some lanes between you and them and allow yourself to operate in a function place where you can be surrounded by people that love you and care for you and care about your spiritual being. Your spiritual being is so much more important than what you are uh, trying to obtain. And as far as what Onesiphorus, oh, what a great guy. He refreshed Paul. He gave him joy. He gave him something to aspire 
fire to when he got out of jail. There was something there inside of him that allowed him to get perked back up and go, I'm ready for the cause. What is group life to you? What is group life to you? Group life to me is something that I can get involved in and I can say, I'm ready for the cause. You know, there's times where we have to understand that just like Onesiphorus, he, he accepted Paul for his chains. He accepted him for who he was. And many times when we get into our group life, we think that we have to operate as something who we are not. And that is not the case. Because if you acted the way that you were originally designed, you know how refreshing you would be to the body of Christ. You would be so refreshing. And in Greek, that word also goes back and forth with joy. How much joy you bring God when you act and are being who he's created you to be. Accept those around you when you are operating and going into and being who you are called to be. The real part of you is what makes you the refreshing part of them. You know, become the body of Christ. We become the body of Christ with that. And you know, even if we understand who, that we should accept others for who they are, the main point of this is that we have to accept ourselves. If we don't accept ourselves for who we are, we don't under, really understand how to accept others. And when we don't accept others, how in the world do we expect ourselves to be effective in this world? The real... The real you. It's all about the real you. What Jesus entrusted to you and what he made. You know, we put a lot of things on social media. Lots of things. Too much stuff. So much so, we think that we probably know you. But yet you want us to read between the lines and see that you're hurting. Or that you need attention appreciation it ain't none of that in group life I tell you what there's a couple of couples that we meet with we get real 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 and sometimes it's just hard having friends for Joel and I and it's nice to be able to get real The real you is what makes you the best part of the body of Christ. It doesn't matter the baggage that you have. We all have baggage, yeah. every one of us. It doesn't matter what it is, and it doesn't matter that you have walked a hard life because there is still good in you. There is still enough in you that is going to make you such a light for this world. Stop thinking that your baggage defines you. It doesn't. I could list a lot of baggage, but I don't focus on that. I focus on who God's made me, who God has allowed me to be. I don't allow my anxiety from this morning to keep me from being up here. Sometimes standing up and proclaiming the word is not exactly the most popular thing to do. But you know, God gave you lungs, he gave you a voice, and he's going to protect you through that. It may feel like you're ostracized or that you're rejected, but in that, God's never left you, and he's never left you alone.
You know, it's time to think of the things that have been holding you back. Have you had a backpack of shame on that you have weighed you down? Have you had unforgiveness in your heart against ministries and churches that have kept you from being the team that the body of Christ has asked you to be? Because if we can't be confident in who we are and accept who we are, then what in the world are you doing in this chair? This is not to play church. This is to be the body of Christ. I don't know why you come to church, but I come to church so I can get the infilling, so I can go out in the world, and I can be somebody that can outpour. That is why I come to church. This isn't a ritual for me. If it was a ritual for me, by Hokies, we'd probably only come one Sunday a month. Well, I'm being real. Sorry if that stepped on your toe. But we're real. We're just as real as we can be. So I need you guys to understand that God has loved you so much further. And that when you accept who you are and you hear the words that God is speaking to you, you can autocorrect right back to him and go, I am here, send me. I am here and send me because I am ready and I am willing and I am ready to go. Because it is still a battle out there. And it seems like that battle's getting stronger and stronger every day. But you know what? We are a mighty army. And we are the body of Christ. It's time that we rise to our feet. Would y'all stand up now? We're going to stand up. I want you to start asking God, God, what is it that's holding me back? What is keeping me from being the person that you have called me to be? This is the time to call it out and say, no more am I letting this hold me back. As the ministers come forward, this is how we're going to do it.